just among us, and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Hey folks, good evening and welcome to another episode of Fams and Monsters Radio where we explore the strange and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Strickler, and thanks for joining me. Now, uh, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe, like, and share our presentations, and please feel free to place a comment as well. Uh, Super Chat is active during the show, and so please show your support for Fans of Monsters Radio by clicking the dollar icon underneath the chat. Uh, You can also support the channel by clicking the Super Thanks icon or the Buy Me a Coffee link and banner. Your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. So, uh, tonight, Bill Bean is known as the Spiritual Warrior. and has performed hundreds of exorcisms and spiritual deliverances worldwide, addressing anything, anything from curses, blocks, attachments, obsession, oppression, to possession by demonic spirits. He's also a life coach, providing guidance and advice on how to be strong in mind, body, and spirit. Great sensitivity and understanding, Bill helps his clients to find solutions to a wide array of life's challenges. He works with each client to help them build on all their strengths to identify and achieve life goals. His most recent book is titled Tales from an Exorcist from the Case Files of Reverend William J. Bean. So, Bill, my friend, thanks for coming on this evening. Oh, thank you, Lon. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on with you. And glad that your uh, recovery is going well. And uh, thank everybody out there for tuning in tonight. Well, I appreciate that. Um, the book, interesting. I looked it over the other day and um, you got a lot in there. And the thing that interests me is um, <clears throat> you kind of really going into more detail about a lot of what you experienced when you were younger living in, in down in, uh, well, outside of Glen Burnie, Maryland, uh, that's where you were raised at. Can you, I mean, but as far as what you want to discuss tonight, I'm open for anything. So, you know, you want to talk about specific cases or anything else, please feel free to do that. Uh, but, um, I just want you to be able to get the word out about the book and to, um, you know, Get some sales going. <laughs> uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I started from the start. I I didn't want to rehash, but I thought I can't start this book without letting people know how affected I was and my family mm-hmm. was. You know, so it was very important to add that in. And you're right, added in some more detail. Uh, the general it's very difficult, Lon. Is you know, I've written ten books. This is my tenth book. But when I'm writing about events that took place uh, with my family, specifically, especially my mother um, mm-hmm. and my own personal sufferings, it's very difficult, you know, even to this day, because it's painful uh, to relive some of those memories. I wish if, if there was one thing that I could do, I wish that I could go back in time and change all those things, especially when it comes to the sufferings of my mother. Um, but, yeah, I started the book off that way to give the reader an idea that you know, where I come from, the background I come from, and why God chose me to do this work. I didn't choose to do this. I would never have chosen to do this kind of work in a million years. But mm-hmm. God chose me to do it because of the experience and exposure that I've had to these types of things. It makes perfect sense to me now because um, when people have suffered high levels of trauma through this type of thing or anything that would cause that high level of trauma, they sort of retreat within they become withdrawn they are not trusting and the the wonderful thing about uh, the work that i do and how god chose me to do it is that people could trust me and they can relate to me because they know that i have been there so 
Um, I could be the most brilliant man in the world and written a hundred books. But if I go into a personal situation with somebody and I've never had the experience, well, then we can't come together because we can't relate. I don't truly understand what that person is going through. So um, I'm very thankful that God chose me to do this work and, and that we're able to um, merge together and, and sort of break down that barrier because people can trust me because they know that I've been there. So that's, uh, you know, that's what this is really all about. Uh, I'm nothing special, Lon. I'm just somebody that God works through to help people. And I'll tell you this, it, it's the greatest feeling in the world uh, to know that God actually worked through me to help somebody and, and to see them move forward and have a quality of life and happiness and peace and joy. That's my MO every day of my life. I pray that God works through me to be a blessing to others. I want to see everybody happy and everybody doing well in life. Well, you know, that's that's the most satisfying thing about doing this type of work with helping with people who have had issues with the paranormal and um, seeing the the good results as as after you know we you know have gone in there and helped them. Uh, it is. It's a great feeling. It really yeah. is. And I understand that. I know that exactly. And as well, when you talk about uh, how people need to trust you and uh, that's key as well. And a lot of times yeah. and a lot of people who do these type of things don't necessarily have that. Uh, they don't have a background. They don't they don't really connect with their clients the way they really should and uh, and I know you and I have both run into cases where there have been other so-called investigators or deliverers or exorcists or whoever yeah. uh, that we've had to follow up and, and, and kind of start from scratch and try to help the client. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's it's so sad to hear some of these stories. And I, I hear a lot of stories also of people that went to their church went to their priest, went to their pastor, and they were turned away and ridiculed mm -hmm. even and, and said, you, you better go get, uh, you know, a mental health exam or uh, what do you want me to do? I, I'm not trained in this kind of stuff. And, you know, just very um, dismissive and scornful, really, uh, you know, making it seem as uh, if the victim is responsible for the things that are taking place. And it's very sad and unfortunate. And uh, just thankful that uh, I think what happens, you know, with uh, guys like you and I, people see us on TV or they hear us on some type of show or something and they reach out. And I think, uh, and again, I praise God for making those connections because in some instances, Lon, there were people ready to commit suicide. And then they were flipping through the channels and happened to see me on one of these shows and recontact me god worked for me to help them yeah it is amazing um uh, you know i i've had a couple of cases in particular and, and one that you knew about as well where the clients were involved with so much previous to contacting you yeah and by the time you get to them they are so frustrated and so downtrodden you do have to worry about their state of mind if they're not going to hurt themselves somehow. And yeah. I, I hate that. I mean, that, that, that's probably the biggest worry I have when I get involved with a client is what is their state of mind and how can I change that and, and try to help alleviate a lot of that. So, you know, they become cooperative. They do what you ask them to do. And instead of um, kind of taking the wrong path and just, spiraling out of control yeah i don't want to see that and, and unfortunately i had a case i want to say four or five years ago it was in northern california mm -hmm. and i went and helped the family uh and the uh the husband father he was uh he had served i believe in iraq good man unfortunately was battling some issues uh, with addiction, substance abuse, things of that nature. There's a lot of, I've helped a lot of soldiers that came back from war with PTSD and then had those types of issues attached. Mm -hmm. And I did everything that I could do by the power of God working through me. And, and I thought that 
you know, I spent time with the family out there and, and I thought that God worked through me to have a breakthrough with them. Everything seemed to be okay. And then unfortunately, Lon, I received a, a text message, uh, well, I guess about a month ago, a month ago or so. And uh, from the wife informing me that uh, he did uh, take his life. And that just, uh, that's like a kick in the teeth to me. Oh, absolutely. I take it very personally. Uh, it's very sad. And I, my heart goes out to his wife and their children. And uh, I just feel terrible over that. So as good as I feel when the success story happens, you know, that's how horrible I feel when something like that takes place as well. Yeah, I think it's hard for some people to understand how that, you know, how that can be for people like us that, that try to help people in their, in these type of things. And, um, and when you step away from them for a, maybe just a while and then things go back to the way they were, if not worse. And uh, it's yeah. happened to me too. So yeah, I get it. I it's get just it. horrible, you know, and I feel so bad for, for uh, his wife and the family and all they had little children, when I was out there, you know, they've grown a little bit, but still, it's just an awful, awful thing. And again, I go right back to my sufferings and how my family was destroyed by demonic forces. And my dad left home when I was nine. And um, then my mom uh, and my grandmother died two months apart from each other. These were the two closest people to me in my life. They were suddenly gone. And that affected me in such a way, Lon, that I didn't even want to live anymore. I was seeking death. I wasn't going to take pills or slip my wrist or anything. But I lived my life on the edge for many, many years. There have been tons of life-threatening situations. And um, I wanted to die. I didn't want to be here anymore. And uh, so, again, I, it just it, it's gut-wrenching to me Um when people go through these things and then, you know, when something horrible like that takes place, it's just uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, but for every horrible story like that, there's probably hundreds of wonderful stories to where the people overcame and by the power of God, you know, working through me, help them to overcome just horrific circumstances and then move forward in life. So, I have great joy there. And, and when I get messages from people and I say this and I continue, I'll say it again tonight uh, on my little show that if you want to make my day, give me the good news. Tell me how good everything is going. Tell me how empowered you are. Tell me how your life has taken such a tremendous turn. And even in my own life, Lon, coming from that kind of background. Um, so my, like I said, my mother and grandmother were gone two months and two days uh, apart. Um, my mother died at the age of 44 from a cerebral hemorrhage. Uh, my dad uh, was shot to death at age 48. So mm -hmm. neither of my parents lived to see the age of 50. Uh, my grandmother, mother's mother had died from a series of heart attacks. Um, it, so then many other family members also passed under some under mysterious and tragic circumstances over the years. Uh, so it was a process for me in living a life of just absolute darkness and never had any hope or thoughts of having a future or anything like that. I was just trying to get through each day. I grew up on the streets. I hung out with the worst, some of the worst of the worst people. Most of those people were dead or in prison now, and I could have very easily have been there myself. And it's so... Coming from a background like that, it required me to really, really be sincere and authentic when I decided to make God first in my life. And mm -hmm. uh, I was drinking, I was using drugs, um, I was violent, and I was living a life, a, a hellish life, really. And I asked God to please help me to please. I was sincere. I asked God to please take it from me. And and he heard my prayer line and he took it from me. I never went to one AANA meeting, nothing like that. God just completely took it from me. And then I had to make this transformation. It was not easy. I had to go from the fear-based, trauma-based way of thinking and living into what I call warrior mode, which is faith, strength, and courage. 
Mm -hmm. And it was two steps forward and three steps backward. It was not an easy process or transition. But once I got there, and I only got there through my faith, I was so thankful to God and I was able to start a, a brand new chapter and brand new season in my life. And I felt free from all of it. And never, ever did I think that I would be doing this kind of work. I just wanted to be free. I wanted to have a normal life. I wanted to enjoy my life and have some happiness and peace. But then God started to put a calling on me. And, and when this, and it was so strong, I would wake up feeling it. They would be with me during the day. And then it would be the last thing I would think of when I went to sleep. Now, mm -hmm. my story uh, came out. I want to say I probably started going public and doing interviews 1995, 96, somewhere. Yeah, and, that's about um, the time because I remember all that because I'm yeah, living near you. Absolutely. And you remember Dr. Bob Hieronymus? That was the first interview mm -hmm. that I did, 21st mm -hmm. Century Radio. And I, I thank Dr. Bob for that. And um, so that's where it all started. And I, I started talking about the story and then a haunting uh, feature my story. I think it was, uh, what was it? September 7th, 2006. Right. And, um, so from that moment forward, I was really getting a lot of messages from people from all over the world. And then some of those messages were asking for help. And I thought, I, I can't help these people. I don't know. What to, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I try and refer them to other people, but I thought I, you know, there's nothing that I can do. And then God started putting that calling on me and i thought god must have a sense of humor because how in the world could someone like me do anything to be a help to and for anybody and and so i resisted it for quite a while and then i realized that you know this feeling was not going away and god was really trying to get my attention about this so that's when i thought well maybe i can do something to start helping people and i I started some serious studies, uh, biblical studies, ancient history, ancient religions, all this kind of stuff. I studied all that stuff and uh, I was thankful for it because it broadened my intellect and with wisdom came empowerment. And I, and I felt that suddenly I had the confidence to maybe be able to go out there and help people was still unsure but uh, continued in these studies and, and knowledge truly is power. And more and more people kept message, messaging me. And then finally I became an ordained non-denomination minister and started going out to people. And uh, one of the first cases was uh, in Maryland, uh, family under siege, uh, really, really horrific case. And here I am, you know, fresh into this. And I knew from the very moment that I set foot on their property, what my purpose in life was and still is. And it was really a great feeling, although I was under duress in a serious demonic situation, it was a great feeling at the same time to know and to get that confirmation that God was serious and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So it started there and it's gone on. I've help people. God has worked through me to help people in 54 countries around the world and counting. And I, I look back on some of this, Lon, and I just shake my head. I can't believe it. This is just the process. And I write about this in the book as well. Just the process of going through the things that I've gone through in my own personal life. And then as this spiritual warrior, the amount of travel, the amount of cases, the exhaustion, the burnout, the dangerous, life-threatening situations that I've been in as a spiritual warrior. It's mm -hmm. all in the book. And uh, it truly is supernatural in itself how God has kept me protected and safe from some really bad situations. Well, before we go start, before we talk about a couple of cases, um, I did want to mention, I've been watching you for 25 years now. That's amazing. Before we even met. I mean, you know. I don't think we met until, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, if that long. But uh, I knew all about you. Of course, I, I, I saw your interviews when when you talked about, uh, well, with Dark Force when it first yeah. came out. 
Yeah. And um, then you were, like you said, you talked about Bob Hieronymus and uh, yeah. his show. Now, you, you did interviews and in other TV shows, like on 45, you did some interviews. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fox yeah. 45. So I, uh, yeah, I, I was watching you. I was pretty close anyway. We were only about 20 miles apart from each other. And, uh, but we were around that Baltimore metro area. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, um, that's amazing, Lon. That yeah, really is. When is. I think of that, 25 years, time yeah. is just going by so fast. It's like, it's just like a blink. Time is going like, yeah, I, I just can't believe that that was 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, here we yeah, are. But, and go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Well, I was going to say, you know, I was thinking, I was, I was I thinking about when you talk friend. about spiritual warrior, uh, yeah. I, Ken Baker came up to popped up in my mind and it's oh, been what man. a year now since Ken passed. Uh, it's been, uh, maybe a little more than that. I'll tell you, I miss yeah. him long. And, uh, he was such a, it's funny you bring Kev up now because, uh, somebody sent me a video and it was, me with Cab on his show, which you were on that show many times. He yeah. loved you. I mean, you were one of his favorite people to, to come on the show. I mean, he just absolutely loved you. Yeah, I enjoyed and, Kev uh, a lot. Oh, he just, man, he, he always beamed when Lon Strickler was coming on. He loved that. And, and so I saw that video that somebody sent to me, and it just... Uh, <sighs> I really miss him. He was a great guy. He was a brilliant little guy. He was informative, um, great talker. He was uh, a great host, and um, and we certainly had a great show together. And it was all his suggestion. I mean, he already had an established show for many years. He didn't need me, um, mm -hmm. but he suggested because he knew that I wasn't tech savvy. I couldn't put my own show together, how you do it, how he was doing it. And he reached out really. That's how it happened. Yeah. And then it grew into something that was really great and uh, love him dearly, miss him. I've had some very vivid dreams of him, Londa, where he was speaking to me in dreams. Yeah. And uh, I certainly believe that those were visitations. And uh, I told his mom about it and uh, still in contact with his mom and his brother, Kenny, and um, love the family dearly and keep them all in prayer and uh i miss him i really do he, he you know i do too guy. I, yeah. I used to love going on the show when you and travis and yep travis loves you too yeah i haven't had out. travis on the show a couple of times he, he's he's yeah. great he had i mean i used to i i, I used to him. mess with him a lot but it was <laughs> we have a good time yeah uh, congratulations vincent on your grandchild He's only his child. He's not that old. He's not old like me. <laughs> oh, Pearl, oh, Vincent. Oh, Vincent oh Pearl just Pearl. woke up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Kev's brother, Kenny, they just had, uh, he and his fiance just had a child, little Finley. Oh, okay. And, uh, beautiful little baby. Yeah. So uh, okay. thank you, Vincent, for uh, posting that. And yeah, so now they have a little bit of joy. They're, they're still missing Kev terribly. But I hope. Oh, I know his mother went through hell with oh. all that. Yeah brother yeah. too all of them i mean just yeah. so i'm i'm praying now that uh with the arrival of little baby finley that it'll bring them some uh some joy so i believe that uh, uh kenny named him uh finley kevin baker so uh is that go. right yeah god bless little finley <laughs> well we do have a question here and of course it's going to tie into what i'm going to ask you next bernadette asks, yeah. what has been the case has stood out to you over the years? <laughs> There's many that come right to the top of my head. And I'll tell you, out of all of them, the most severe case was before I became the spiritual warrior. And that took place, and that's in chapter two of my book. Um, that happened to a loved one. And I was not the spiritual warrior at that time. That was in the late 80s. And... Um, I would have to say, Lon, out of all of the cases of demonic possession that I've been involved in, it's been many, that one was the most severe and had uh, the most intense traits to it out of all of them. I, I saw 
the eyes turning black. I, I heard mm. a deep masculine voice coming out of the female. I saw levitation off the bed. Um, I felt superhuman strength against me. And I was a very powerful guy back then. I was a power lifter. And, and the power that was coming from that entity, so I was like a weakling compared to that. It, it took every ounce of strength that I had to get one hand from around my throat. Um, so I, I saw and experienced a door being exploded because the entity, uh, whether it was through the victim or not, uh, a 10 pound uh, dumbbell was thrown at the bedroom door and exploded. It splintered the door. These are things that are off the charts. I, I saw mm. um, the uh, invisible force grabbing the victim and uh, ramming the victim's head into a fist. Uh, things that were some things that you would see in horror films, you'd say, oh, that's not, it was, it was real. It really took place. And um, even having those entities speaking to me, and at that time, I didn't know the Bible. I had uh, browsed over the Bible. I didn't, so the, the entity was making fun and mocking uh, my lack of knowledge of the scriptures and then reciting scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture in mock of me you know at that time i was still saying i bind and rebuke you and cast you out and command you to depart so i was still trying but i did not and i certainly was not where i am now and therefore um it, it was and i gotta tell you lon uh, you know at that time you know having come out of a a, a life of trauma and being attacked regularly as a child by demonic forces mm -hmm. and then in adulthood <clears throat> having to stand against that again um i felt like my knees were buck buckling to be honest with you i i was overwhelmed and it was only by the power of god that i didn't just drop to the floor right there so god kept me strong through it and i did my best to battle against it but i was um not prepared for something like that uh certainly not again in warfare mode like how i would be now um but i did the best that i could do and that case lasted for 22 days and it ended in exorcism and a uh a catholic priest came in mm -hmm. and performed that exorcism and an interesting side note there his life was never the same again after that um unfortunately for him yeah i've I was seen right that there too. beside him and uh you know did everything that i could do to assist him in prayer but after that was over with um they put him in some type of facility and it took a friend of mine who was a former police officer and pi to go and investigate and find out what happened and uh they placed him in a facility and they didn't want anybody contacting him uh, i called the church on one occasion and asked for him they said no such person exists really and my, yeah and my friend really uh, finally did find him and actually went there and talked with him yeah. and uh he said that uh you know the man lived out his uh, the priest lived out his last days in that place and uh, was never the same again. So I do appreciate his efforts to come and, and God working through him uh, to free the victim from that evil. But boy, did he ever pay a price for that. And I'm very sorry for that. You know, I did a case in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, not the case you and I are familiar with. This is on the other yeah. side of the state. Um, and uh, a priest had come in into the... Uh, into the home and was literally chased out. And, um, I believe I need, I needed to get some notes on him from him about a year or so later. And I contact the archdiocese and they 
they wouldn't tell, talk to me about it. I did later find out he quit the priesthood. And uh, it was it that, that case. I, 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 you know, I, t I tell you, and I have said this before, I have literally seen priests come into a home and just get chased out. Um, yeah. I, I know the, I know the Catholic as well. Yeah. I know the Catholic church concentrates more now on, on teaching the Catholic rights to specific priests. Now and they have this school. I, I they have one here in the United States, actually in Baltimore, I think oh, uh, right? where they do it with the archdiocese of Baltimore. But I, I know over in, in Rome, they, they, in the Vatican, they have, um, uh, a college or where they teach priests, to, you know, to more in depth exorcisms and stuff. And apparently it's, it's gotten to the point now where there's just so much need for them. Um, yeah. yeah. And in fact, I have, when I've had a couple cases where it just got beyond me that I had to call in, I had to call in a priest. I really did. So we uh, see this more and more now I'm, I'm more yeah. busy than ever. Uh, my schedule is jam packed and there are so many people contacting me for help. I'm trying to get to everybody as quickly as I can, but it's like trying to put a forest fire out with a garden hose. I mean, the people just keep coming. And I think that it's a sign of the times that we are in and people are being affected mentally, spiritually, and physically. And, uh, it's sad and unfortunate, but again, I'm thankful to be here in service to God. Therefore I'm in service to my fellow man. And uh, I'm almost like a 24-7 operation now, Lon. It's amazing. Oh, I get it. Sessions, yeah, with people four or five in the morning, six in the morning before I even get to bed. <laughs> yeah. I recently had a case. I had to drive down to, uh, I didn't take a plane. I drove. It took me 12 hours. I drove down to Jacksonville, Florida, um, helped uh, the person, um, went back, got something to eat. Uh, showered, changed my clothes, and I drove all the way back. Mm. Uh, I had an hour and 46 minutes sleep. I drove all the way back home. Uh, but that's how busy I am. I had to be back because I have other clients in cases. And so uh, it's just amazing. It truly is. And I like after I'm done with you, I'll have about an hour before I start my little show. And, and what my show is about is praying for people. I have like right. probably 600 people on that prayer list. It takes me over 35 minutes to say it all, but it's important because there's so many people in need. And I want those people to know that we're praying for them. We care about them and we want to see them do well. And uh, in some cases, there have been people that have uh, asked to be on the list or loved ones of those people that have requested for them to be on the list. And some of these people have received healing miracles. And I, I'm very, very thankful for that. Not everybody. Uh, if I said that, then I'd be like one of these charlatans that's, uh, you know, the televangelist or whatever. So that's not true. But there really has been uh, a few of these people that have had terminal situations that is now turned around. And I thank God and praise God for that. So I think it's very powerful when people come together in prayer and real concern and love for each other. Um, I really do think that God hears that and honors that. Um. I, I got a question from from Vincent. Uh, do you ever have to remove evil human spirits? Can human spirits possess other people? Well, if it is what you would call human spirits, well, then that is in the bonic realms because uh, Yahweh, God, Yahweh is his name. Uh, he gave us free will. So we are free to make our choices. So if someone or something is imposing on our free will, that is not of God, and that would mm. be evil. And so, therefore, those types of things would uh, tie in with the demonic realms, and they would have to be um, cast out and evicted, just like these disembodied demons or whatever it may be. Um, they have no place with us. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, most people don't realize that we are all in spiritual work warfare on a daily basis. Most people have no clue, but it's true. We're living in a world of the unseen, which, you know, if it's true that mankind can only use a small percentage of brain power, well, then that means that there's a whole other world going around on around us that we can't see or hear or taste or feel or smell. Uh, so there's a whole other existence going on around us. And maybe sometimes um, 
these types of forces have access from those, you know, other realms to come in via portals or whatever. I mean, you know, you and I have talked many times about Chicago, all the portals there and, and all the bizarre things that take place there. And, uh, you know, even here in Maryland, a lot of crazy stuff takes place in Pennsylvania. Um, so I do believe that uh, these entities have access through these dimensional doorways. Uh, Bernadette asks, what effects have you personally suffered from doing exorcisms? That's an interesting question. Well, thankful to God that I have always been, let me tell you, I have been in some life-threatening situations. People that had guns that wanted to shoot me, uh, people that wanted to stab me, um, slash me. One person was waving around a like a 12-inch shard of glass that had been broken out from a window. Um, I've had violent confrontations with people, and I thank God for me to be able to control the situation, keep the victim safe, but also keep myself safe. Um, people have spit on me. They've tried to bite me, um, projectile vomiting, uh, you name it. I've been in, and I list this in the book as well, I've been in just about every type of situation that you can imagine. And I have, God has kept me safe through it all. I'm very thankful for that. But um, in my personal life, I've got to have peace. So, so in my, my home is my sanctuary. I cannot have a bunch of drama going on or uh, craziness. I just can't have it. I've got to have peace. And that helps me to uh, maintain and to recharge and re-energize. I mentioned in the book also about having periods of burnout to where uh, I would wake up in hotels and say, where am I at right now? I wouldn't even know where I was. It took me a minute to understand where I was. Yeah. And uh, so I, I've gone through all these types of things. Uh, I've also gone through, <laughs> and I wouldn't blame this um, on the demonic realms, although I'm sure the devil and his minions take joy when these things happen, but I've had, uh, I've been in good health. I thank God and praise God for that, but I've had some incidents. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm going through a little something right now. I've got 21 stitches in my forearm right now. Um, I had, uh, I've had these little skin cancers that have popped up. This mm. is like the fourth surgery I've had now. Um, and this is on my forearm. It came up like two little pimples and they were sort of like side by side. They were circular. And um, I actually cut into them because I, I, you know, I tried to treat them with peroxide and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. It didn't go away and it stayed there for a while. And finally, I got it checked out. And it's, it's not life-threatening. It's basal cell skin cancer. But oh, you have okay. to get it treated because that stuff aggressively eat into your tissue. And um, if it does, then you're going to have some serious problems because then they got to remove a lot. And as a matter of fact, Alon, they did remove quite a bit on this forearm from one side or the other is a swatch that they removed there. But uh, I'm thankful that it's over with. I pray that it never happens again. Oh, absolutely. These are things that we you know, have to deal with. And uh, I'm just thankful to God for helping me to uh, maintain and, and stay in uh, good health. But I'll tell you, I have been in many, many life-threatening situations throughout my life and especially as this spiritual warrior now. You know, I, I I believe that most people that do what you do, do what I do, and do what others do, do suffer physically, if not mentally, from a lot of this work. I know I have. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't necessarily believe all of what I've, I've had sustained is because of that, but I believe some of it has. Yeah, the I devil really do. delights because he doesn't want... He does not want people helping others to be free. So this is, in my opinion, a very calculated plan to enslave mankind. And yeah. those that try to do good and stand up and do right and help others are targeted. And this is what I say to people on, because there's a lot of people that come to me and say, you know what? I want to do what you do and I can do that. And I say, okay, well, uh, <laughs> Did God tell you this? What did, how did this come about? Why, why are you saying this? And secondly, if you do this, you better be prepared because your life will never be the same again. Once you open that door and step through, you will never be the same again. And you're going to have a target on you. So you better be ready for everything that comes with that. And I think 
you know, a lot of people don't realize how serious this is and how big uh, a task and responsibility it is as well and how life changing it is also. You know, uh, and I do warn clients uh, about this before I go in to do a case, either remotely or going into an on-site investigation, that these energies know you're coming. Yes. They will lash out a day or two before you are coming. Happens every time. You're right. Uh, it, it's amazing. It's something that still amazes me. I have, you know, it's gotten to the point now to where I do, when I do go into a case, like I said, either remotely or either coming to a location, I, I warned them, look, you know, before I get there, it's going to ramp up. It, it always ramps up before I get there. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it never fails. It never fails. Well, they in know fact, I, time is coming, so they want to do anything and everything that they can to destroy yeah. that person before the eviction takes place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, let's see. I'll tell you another case, Lon. Uh -huh. I had, I think it was 2014, and I want to. Uh, it. I write in the book. I protected the identity of the victim and the location and everything. But mm -hmm. It happened in 2014, and this. Uh, individual was completely possessed female completely possessed um, god worked through me to free her and to deliver her from the entities but then i had to go through and it's not over from there and people don't some people don't understand this as well this isn't just walking in and performing you know this exorcism spiritual deliverance then the person's free and then you just ride off into the sunset that's yeah. not how it works no and uh so i after that's over with i have to go through the entire house making sure that there's no more demons hiding or lurking anywhere in there so on this occasion it was a very large home and uh, i was going went through the entire home and then i got to a wide set of steps that went up to the attic area and i guess they were converting that into like a master bedroom large there uh, i go up on my right there was a lamp, so it was uh, lit over there, well lit. Um, I started the blessing and cleansing in that area first, and then I had to go over to the other area, which was completely dark. And uh, so I cross over, headed to the dark area, and on the right was a window. I think it was like a double window. There were no blinds or shades or anything, and the, and the moonlight was coming through the window. I would say probably six feet in front of that um, window was a ventilation shaft. And standing in between the window and the ventilation shaft was an entity that stood at least seven feet tall. I will never forget this. And I was within 10 feet of this entity. Uh, at least seven feet tall, all black, looked hooded, looked like uh, glowing red eyes, and it had even had like points coming past the shoulders, almost like a description of a Mothman type of creature. Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's what it was, but similar appearance. And can you imagine this now, Lon? This was 2014. Um, I'm standing within 10 feet of this entity. And I had a Bible in this hand. And I had a, a holy mixture and shaker in this hand. I said, by the mighty power of Yahweh in his mighty and holy name and Yahshua, Jesus to Christ's name, I bind and rebuke you and command you to depart. I cast you out, command you to depart at once. And I shook the, the shaker three times at the entity. And it let out this screech that I have never heard before or since. Mm. And it departed, but it rattled the windows line. That's how loud that screech was. I will never, ever forget that as long as I live. And it's only by the power of God that I could stand in front of something like that and take power and authority over it. A lot of people would drop. They'd faint. Some would soil themselves. Some would turn around and run. And I wouldn't blame any of them. <laughs> uh, but I praise God for working through me to have been able to withstand something like that. And I, you know, throughout my lifetime, that goes all the way back to childhood, having those types of experiences with those black hooded entities with red eyes. Uh, so I, I'm familiar with it. I've experienced it so many times. And yet there was, again, another instance 
So that's why it's so important. If you're doing this kind of work, you have got to be very thorough and cover every base and make sure that nothing evil is left behind. Um, Marla comes up with a nice, very interesting question. Have the cases of possession been mostly children or adults? Mostly adults. Um, yeah. There, there have been some very few, usually in a child, there is an innocence and protection over a child from newborn to three years old. And then that starts to wear off because the world starts to come on to the child. Mm -hmm. But um, usually a child is safe between newborn and three. And the bulk of these cases that I've been involved in are with adults. Mm. Um, Bernadette asks, do you feel that in some cases certain people actually welcome possession? Um, maybe not full possession, but, uh, when a person I've been involved in some of these cases, a person, um, let's say they, they like the attention yeah. and I'm not saying that they didn't have a real problem. Some have invented it, but some did have supernatural problems, but they loved it because they were getting all this attention. There's a case that comes to mind that I had, I pulled out of that was supposed to be on a haunting. And then when I found out the truth of what was going on, I could no longer be a part of that. And um, so I pulled out of that case and they actually went forward and put some other people in that episode. That was one of my cases. And uh, I couldn't be a part of it because I knew fraudulent things were taking place. And uh, so uh, unfortunately, there are people out there that, yes, they, they do love the attention. They want to be on TV um they want to have movies made and all this kind of stuff so yeah i've, I've come yeah across. i i have known some cases personally where people have you invoked either uh, a succubus or an incubus yeah and uh yeah it's for companionship more than anything else but it is also Absolutely. yeah yeah and, and it and doesn't turn out good no they're, they, all, they always they regret it they're getting themselves into no. because uh, you might think that that's neat and cool until it's not. And and believe me, it'll be revealed when it's not. And then it's going to be a nightmare. And mm -hmm. it's also going to be a nightmare to get rid of that because by legal right, the devil could go to God and say that he can have those demons to be there because that person invoked or invited. Uh, so it was either through invitation or invocation. And so now God will allow that through free will, and then it's going to require, um, you know, again, someone like us to come along and evict these things. And I'm always, uh, my, my mind is boggled, you know, I just shake my head. And even thinking about a couple of these cases right now, I, I just, why? Yeah. Why would you want that? Why? I, I have asked several people that, why in the world would you even do that? Look, I know you're lonely. I know there are issues that have gone on in your life, but doing something like that is just ridiculous. And they they regretted every bit of it. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I don't know what to say about it other than refrain. If you yeah. are out there and you're engaging in something like that or you're thinking about it, Please don't. It'll be the yeah. worst mistake you ever made, and you will go through hell getting rid of it. Uh, AJ, AJK asked, uh, have you ever seen or experienced any type of levitation in your work? Yeah. Uh, in the uh, case that I mentioned with you a few minutes ago, absolutely. Uh, I, I saw it, and the um, best way to describe it would be uh, an invisible force. And I've seen this on a few occasions, as a matter of fact, but in this one instance, uh, an invisible force lifting the person, and this was off the bed, and then just absolutely dropping them. Mm -hmm. So they are at least six inches or more off the bed, and then just dropped and flopping, you know, right back down on the bed. Mm -hmm. Now, can you, again, the average ordinary person, you know, they can hear me say this. But if they were really there to see that, can you imagine, Lon? I mean, it, it, the average ordinary person, they, they might faint, you know, in seeing something like that. This is something that is so out of the realm of normal that, uh, you know, some people might even rub their eyes and say, did I just 
really see. Did that really <laughs> just happen? Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen, I've seen limbs twisted in ways that the human body cannot move or twist without bones breaking and ligaments tearing. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen eyes change to all white, all black, all red. In one case, uh, like a greenish, yellowish color with reptilian slits. I've seen all these things. Uh, here's a, a question kind of a, a, a little bit away from what we were talking about. You and I have talked about this special on Kev's show about the black helicopters following you around. Oh, yeah. Is that still going around? Is that still going on? Sure is. And um, I have no explanation uh, for that. It's been going on since 1995, to my knowledge. Uh, January 1995 is when I believe that all started. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have footage, Lon, on that Jacksonville trip, which was a couple weeks ago. Um, I had completed, and this has happened quite a bit in some other cases as well. When I come out of a client home after this has taken place, then all of a sudden there's either some type of UFO or a black copter that's over me in a lot of these instances coming out of the home. And this happened uh, down in Jacksonville. I left the, the client home. I was on the phone with my assistant, Melinda, and the copter came. I'm stopped at a red light. And here comes this copter right over top of me. And so the light changes. I'm telling her, you know, I'm on the phone with her and I'm describing what's happening. She could hear the copter. And, and I pull, go about a half a mile, and I make a right into a gas station. I had to fill my vehicle up before I went back to the hotel. I'm standing there filling my vehicle up, and here it comes right over top. A short piece of video footage of it. Took a photograph of it as well. Uh, this happens all the time. And even in my home, I have an interesting thing that I've made you aware of. Of it's been on for a while now, and, and who are these? I have no idea. Are they human? I'm not completely convinced that they are. I don't know. Uh, I do know this. I don't have any fear. Uh, I've had these things shine a light in here, right where I'm sitting right now in my office. Um, to my right is a window, and I've had light shine in right on my arm. And I stand up and I go, and there's this triangular craft sitting right there in the sky that has shined this beam into my office. Um, now there seems to be this pattern of three triangular objects that come over my home uh, almost every morning, and it's at different times. And what was it? The night before last, I believe it was, I uh, want to say, uh, somewhere around 3, 3.30. You can hear these things first. They don't sound like a plane. Uh, mm. There is a rumble, and then there's some kind of whistle. I've even heard on one occasion it would sound like a trumpet sound coming from it, almost like a, a horn, but a trumpet type of sound. And I get up and go to the window, and there it is. Uh, so now what they're doing is one comes over, and then within two minutes of that, another one comes right behind it, and then within a couple minutes of that, a third one comes right behind it. And they are all going in the same direction on most occasions, north, northeast. And the only thing that I can figure out, if this is some type of uh, military craft or whatever, then I guess it would be heading up there towards Aberdeen Proving Ground or somewhere, mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, somewhere in those areas there in, in northeast Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only thing that I could figure, but I'm not convinced that they're entirely human because I'll tell you, Lon, I've seen these objects, especially these triangular objects, stop and hover in the sky and then all of a sudden zip away with effortless uh, exhilaration that could be in one spot hovering and then all of a sudden zipped away and probably three, four miles away from where it was just hovering at effortlessly. I've mm -hmm. seen them turn up on edge. I have seen them with these different light patterns. Um, you see the lights on each corner, which is like a dull white light, but I've seen uh, the, the bright light come from them, not, not only shining through my window, 
but at other times shining down on things there's always a red like orange red light in the center and i've also noticed now that the uh the lights the the light on the i guess if i'm looking at it, it would be on the, the left point so it's three points three lights mm -hmm. uh the light on the left side um all of a sudden would go into the like this it's been doing this lately like a crescent type of shape and it's like a a powder blue very light blue and it goes into a crescent shape and sort of meets up with that red light and then goes back so it flows down and flows back it's very very strange star and mm. thank god my wife has seen this with me so it's not just me saying oh i well, see this and i've gotten some footage um but it's uh, another weird thing Lon. there have been times that i tried to uh, get footage of it and my battery which is fully charged uh would just completely die out and and that would be the phone battery or camcorder or quarter that it would have or whatever it would just the battery would just completely go mm. and so who is this what is this I don't know. I've had many divine experiences pertaining to UFOs. I had uh, a 12-minute sighting. This was a couple years ago, right out of my bedroom window. Again, I think it was like, I don't know, 5.36 in the morning. Uh, matter of fact, I think it was 5 a.m. and it lasted from 5 a.m. on the dot to 5.12 a.m. And uh, there was a clock to my left I, and I looked at it. Um, and, and the first object came like a, a white light. It was a big white light uh, right in front of me in the sky. And so what I did is in the Bible, we're instructed to test the spirits. So what I did, I thought, okay, if this is evil, I'm going to uh, try to evict it. And I said, by the mighty power of Yahweh and his mighty and holy name, Yahshua, Jesus, the Christ's name, I bind and rebuke you and command you to depart at once. When I did that, it remained there. It didn't go anywhere. And so then a second one appeared behind it, just like out of nowhere. So now I got these two big white lights sitting right there, hovering in the sky right in front of me. So then I started to praise God and I said, Father, I thank you and praise you for this blessed experience. That And Lon, when I was doing that, every time that I said, thank you and praise you, Father, for, the lights responded and got tremendously huge and just would burst with this incredible white light every time I praise God. So uh, it was an amazing experience and um, it lasted for 12 minutes and then those things just blinked out and they were gone. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey, Lon. It really has. I've experienced <laughs> just about every type of phenomena there is and uh, I thank God for keeping me safe, but it's really been uh, an interesting life for sure. Well, Bill, how can folks get in contact with you and, uh, and buy your books? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on brother. It's always great. Sure my dear friend, and it's always great to be on with you and uh, thank everybody out there for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. If you're out there, uh, and you want to get a copy of the new book, just visit billbeamwarrior.com, www.billbeamwarrior.com. And you could get, or talesforanexorcist.com, uh, you could get a copy of the book. Uh, you could get it from Amazon, but you can also get it from me as well. If you want a signed copy, again, just go to the website, click on the button. I'll personally sign it to you and personally send it out to you as well. And same thing if you're in need of, uh, you know, having any type of spiritual issues, just visit the site, billbeamwarrior.com, and I'll do my best to get back to you as quickly as possible. Well, Bill, thanks for coming on tonight. I, I, I'm very much appreciated, and good luck with the book, and keep in touch. That's all I can say. Well, I want you to come back on my little show soon, and we'll do an update. With oh, no problem. That's going on. Love you, brother, and, and many blessings to you, and I just pray that you your, your health continues to improve day by day, and uh, I'll be keeping in touch with you, and I'll send you a date over and, and, and ask if you can make that date uh, to come on. We're doing it at 11 o'clock on Friday nights now. now. I'm so busy okay. now, I can't do it on Saturday nights anymore. So, uh, <laughs> but but I'll be in touch with you about that. And uh, look, sounds good. Coming on there. Okay. Right, well, you take care. Mm, bye bye. Uh,
Now, if you have a sighting or encounter report that you'd like to be considered for the personal report show, or even on Phantoms of Monsters, please forward to my email at lawnstricklerphantomsmonsters.com. I want to again thank Bill Bean for joining me this evening, and thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. Uh, remember, please like, subscribe, and share, and, and please leave comments. Uh, we always and we always welcome comments about the show and your thoughts. Now, uh, next next Friday, my guest will be British dark artist Sam Sheeran. Uh, we will discuss his artwork and his inspirations. And he's got a few stories, too, from what I understand. Uh, you know, many of his pieces can be found throughout the paranormal world, including galleries, book covers, and, and other illustrations. So it should be an interesting conversation. And next Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, we will be premiering Vincent Richardson's V show. So that'll be at nine o'clock next Wednesday, the 30th. So make sure you uh, tune in for that. Uh, Bernadette is not going to have a show tonight. So, uh, so until we meet again, stay healthy and have a safe, enjoyable weekend. Good night.